I'm not at all worried by the coronavirus. I'm, I'm just not. And there's a couple of reasons for this. Number one is that it serves no real purpose. Me freaking out about it, me watching the news about it, me stocking up on things. It's not, if, if, it, if it gets to the level where it's an, a real pandemic, we're all done, right? So, so the, the practical actions of me doing stuff about it is very small. I wash my hands regularly anyway, I keep myself clean, I eat good foods, I'm generally healthy. And the second reason I'm not concerned about it is that despite the media hype, it's not as bad as we think it will be, and it won't get to be as bad. If you look back over the past, there's the media always presents something for us to be afraid of. There's been like the Y2K bug or the swine through or the anthrax scare or economic downturns or terrorism or, you know, nuclear war or like there's, there's always an issue that we can be afraid of, right? And it's always presented to us and it's, you know, given the 24-hour news cycle, it's constantly shown. Why is it constantly shown? Well, let's, let's think about this for a second. The people presenting the information as well as the way we share it. So the people presenting it will be the news, the newspapers, the online vloggers and bloggers, the new, news websites, all have a vested interest in us returning to them. In terms of eyes on, they get to sell us advertisements, either you know banner ads or product placements or survival kits if you're you know, watching the conspiracy guys, right? They have a vested interest in us coming back. So if we're afraid, if we want more information, if we're not sure, you know, our fear leads us to wanting more information. How do we get more information? We keep coming back. We keep coming back to them, i.e. we're giving them money. And the social media platforms where we share it have a vested interest in us continually coming back because that's how they get their money. So they're going to want and push and promote the things that are getting talked about most. Thus, we get into this, once again, a massive, massive overblown thing about, in this instance, the coronavirus. Now, is it dangerous? Is it deadly? Yes, of course it is. But what can I, me personally, do about it? What what can I possibly do to stop its spread? What can you, realistically? It'll feel like you need to know all the information, but, but what does that information actually give you practically? other than fear, other than stress, other than make you worry, right? I, 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 I don't watch TV at all, and I don't follow the news that much at all. Instead, I prefer to just live in my environment. If I look around my, my town, my country, my local area, my job, my, my gym life, the things that I do in the real world, there's literally no impact upon the of, of the coronavirus on me except because of the uh, because of this hype train it's hard for me to buy toilet paper right now because <laughs> you know Australians are going crazy buying toilet paper <laughs> but the 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 real world risk of this is quite low for me so I can't impact it I can't like you know do anything to stop it if, if it does become a real problem, we're done for anyway. The, the companies and the people involved with creating the news are, have a vested interest in hyping it up and making me more afraid. And being afraid isn't good for my mental state. 
So I put all of this together every time something like this comes around and I just step back and go, this is just the next thing that's going to kill us all. Remember before Trump came as a president, the world was going to end. He was going to nuclear bomb people. Terrible stuff was going to happen. What's happened, right? Now, look, touch wood, nothing does happen, but there was this massive fear and this massive hype about how bad it was. When Obama became president, people were so worried that he was a secret socialist or a secret Muslim. And depending on your, you know, your social groups and who you were, the right-wing conservative people were freaking out like it was the end of the world. Nothing happened. Y2K happened when I was young. It was going to be the end of the world and nothing happened. When the, when the towers fell, September 11, we were all concerned that it was going to happen to us. Me, a year seven in a random suburb in Melbourne, Australia. The people there were worried. Understandably so, right? We all, you know, we don't want to be, <laughs> there is a legitimate aspect of fear that we have to address, but it's clearly going out of proportion. Without getting into the science of it, the, the amount of deaths that this has caused is so, so, so much less than the deaths that the regular flu causes each year, that going dying from starvation and hunger cause each year, that suicide causes each year, right? And that global warming will certainly cause in the future and is causing. Yet, because it's got a new name, it's this new thing and it's a bit scary and we can develop this absolute hype train about it, it's what's pushed. But it's quite annoying to me that that's where our societal focus is on something like the coronavirus. Will it will it cause catastrophic damage? Maybe. Will it cause as much damage as those other things? Definitely not. Now, do people and do governments need to put in precautions? Do vaccines need to get developed? Do travel warnings need to be put out? Sure. But does it need to be hyped this much? I can't help but fear for society as a whole when, you know, I saw a video today of people literally fighting in a supermarket over a roll of toilet paper because they're so freaked out about something that they're seeing online or on TV over and over and over again. That to me suggests that we're, we as a group, as a society, as a population are becoming led down certain paths that, you know, the social media outlets and the newspapers and, you know, the, 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 the people pushing the information are getting very good at directing human behavior. You know, this isn't a new thing. Politicians and powerful people all throughout existence have used different ways to manipulate and pressure and push society in, turn, in certain paths. But if you look to history bad stuff happens when that function goes out of control when when society becomes able to be led down certain paths bad stuff can happen now because we're in a capitalist consumer society that might right now lead to the overpurchasing of canned foods and milk and and, and 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 water and toilet paper and all of that sort of stuff. It might lead to people buying masks, even though the efficiency of using masks is to stop coronavirus might be low. It might lead to changes of behavior, right? But this is a trend that could lead to bad places. 
And I, I, I just don't, I don't like that. I don't like where it's going. Now, the obvious counter to all of this is to go, hey, Zach, surely you do need to know some stuff. Surely you do need to know the news and need to know where things are at and what things are going on and that sort of stuff. Like, are you suggesting that everyone be an inf- you know, completely uninformed citizen because then, you know, the government will run, will run wild, right? The people could do things and not be taken account for. Fair point. My, 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 my thinking on this is fairly nuanced. I, I don't think I need to see a news report every 10 minutes about the coronavirus. I don't need to, right? It's just not helpful. One report, maybe, right? But like, until it starts impacting me personally in my world, it's of little relevance. It's of little practical value, right? Now, if I was a microbiologist, if I was a politician, if I was a general, if I was a businessman that had, you know, companies all around the world, now I need to be a little bit more considerate of these sort of things. But for me, working and doing what I do locally doesn't really impact me. Why do I need to be absolutely freaked out about it? If there's a problem that this hype, this absolute hype train will continue, right? Because there's going to be another coronavirus equivalent. It's going to happen again and again and again and again and again. I fear that it might become a boy who cries wolf situation in the sense that we're going to be hyped and dropped, hyped and dropped because nothing of much substance will happen. And then we'll look back at the next thing and how how will we know when the next one, like, like let's say something truly bad does happen right? Even if it is coronavirus, I doubt it will be, but if it is, it will be presented to us via the media in a very similar way to how this is being presented and how every other thing is being presented. If everything is a catastrophe, if every politician that gets to power is going to cause the end of the world, if everyone is a Nazi because they believe certain things, right? If we if we consider everything the extreme version of that thing and the consequences are the most extreme. We've got nowhere to move. We've got nowhere to discuss. We've got nowhere to talk. And I just fear that that inability to talk with nuance will cause things to happen that we could potentially avoid if we could somehow develop a approach to having a nuanced discussion. I love the format of a podcast like this because you can really dive deep and discuss things. You can really go in depth. Once again, the problem with the news media is that it's all sound bites and flashy bits of information designed to get you to keep coming back. You don't really learn anything. You don't really gain anything other than fear. So I would suggest that if you're watching this to just step back and look at the reality of your world. If you're in China and you're seeing the people getting infected and dying around you, yeah, worry. Take precautions. Do what you got to do. But if you're in a country where there's been no cases or very few cases and it's being managed, or if you're in a place where there is nothing happening to you and it's not impacting your life at all, in the real world, that is, sit with that for a little while. Sit with that and go, okay, look outside, walk the streets, talk to people and go, this is my reality. The reality that I'm seeing right now is real not what I'm being told. This is what's real right now in this moment. 
The shopping center's fine. The people I know are fine. I've not heard of any any issues. In fact, and this this happens to me sometimes, right? Because I don't watch the news. Because I don't engage with this sort of game that the media plays. These crises come and go. And I'm left going, like someone will be like, oh, hey, did you hear about XYZ? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then I look and I'm like, oh, no. Right? I, I ask you the question. If you weren't watching social media, if you never heard online or you know you didn't you weren't told about the coronavirus right would you be impacted by it would you know about it would it matter to you yeah we could apply that same test to war okay you might hear of war crimes in a country that's really far away that you have no connection to does that impact you would you would, would you notice the impacts if, you know, would, would it impact your life in any way if you weren't talk, talk, talking about it or watching it online? If the answer is no, I would argue that for most people, it's not worth, it's not worth filling your brains with. You're not losing anything of value. There will be people out there that won't hear about the coronavirus because they're not online at all. Will those people lose anything, you know, when the coronavirus passes, which it will, will those people have lost anything of value by not hearing about it? I would argue not. In fact, they probably will live a happier, longer life because they're not freaking out about something that they can't control. Obviously find balance, but one of the ways that I like to do this is to get people in my life to let me know if something's up. Yeah, if something's going to impact me, I want to know about it. But apart from that, I I can't do anything about it. I'm sorry for the victims. I'm sorry for the impact, all of that sort of stuff. But what can I do? And given that I can't do anything to prevent a real massive outbreak, I can't do anything to impact what's happening right now, given the fact that it's not impacting my life in the real world, other than with the toilet paper, (laughs) why would I watch it other than to... Uh, other than unless I'm trapped in this hype train, trapped in this this repeated cycle of news media. It's not something that I'm comfortable with. It's not something that I'm a fan of. One of the things I've suggested in my book, How to Get Your Shit Together, is that people go on a media fast. Turn off your social media. Don't watch the news for a month. Ask a friend to, to, to inform you or a couple of friends to inform you. Hey, if something important's happening, let me know. So that in case something does happen, you, you know, right? But uh, turn it off for a month. See what happens. See if you feel better about yourself. I've done that. Done it a few times. And I can tell you that whenever I turn it off, and this is podcasts, political podcasts as well, all that sort of stuff, news-based podcasts, any form of media. When I do that, I feel so much better about myself because I'm able to hyper-focus upon the real world, my world, as opposed to the world of everyone out there. Everyone has a vested interest in your attention. Me me personally, right now, you listening to this, it's in my best vested interest to get you to come back to this podcast, to get you to read my work, to get you to buy my books, to get you to do all the stuff that I want you to do, right? To get you to engage with me. Why? Because, you know, hopefully you'll buy my books. Hopefully you'll give me money, quote unquote, right? Right? 
<laughs> everyone has a vested interest. So no matter what you're doing, you're not just getting information. You're also getting a sell. You're also getting manipulated. Now, let's, let's make it meta on me. Why do I talk like this? Well, I talk like this because I know that personally, this is the stuff I want to hear. There are people out there that I listen to. For example, Dan Carlin, he's got a podcast called Common Sense and Hardcore History. He, he's got me thinking of this nuanced, detailed um, approach and the importance of societies having actual discussions, right? Not these flash, flash bite little things, right? These little, these little, you know, soundbite triggers of little words and not being able to discuss in this fear-based approach. That seems important to me. Now, I like that nuance and I want more of that discussion, so I'm doing it myself. The hope is, is that people will follow, engage, and then we'll be able to start this nuanced discussion and hopefully calm society down a bit. It's okay. We're all safe. It's all good. Yeah? I know I'm rambling a bit here, but it just... I just had to share this because it's it's getting a bit on my nerves, I can tell you that much. Anyway, catch up. The book of the week that I want to share with you today is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. So on the topic of influence and control and perception and all of that sort of stuff, this is the book. It's the book if you want to learn what gets people to like and engage and connect, what gets people to follow people, and what, what can help you to do those things. We like to think that manipulation is a bad term, as in you're manipulating me, or you know people are manipulative. But in reality, that's what we're doing all the time. How we dress, our posture, how we talk, what we're doing, how we position ourselves, the language we use, it's all an act of manipulation. When you're working a job or when you're flirting with someone, when you're connecting with someone, you're, you're actually trying to manipulate them to like you, right? We, we all do this innately. So in my mind, it's a good idea to learn how to do that as good as possible. Because if you're a good moral and ethical person, you're going to use those skills to project your good morals and ethics, right? So I strongly suggest that you listen to How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And you can grab yourself a free copy via Audible, at audibletrial.com slash ZAC. If you follow that link, and I'll put the links in the show notes, you'll be able to grab a copy of How to Win Friends and Influence People for free and get a one-month free trial. That's audibletrial.com slash ZAC.